Racing in the Street is absolutely the number one song for me. And I hadn't heard it till I was nearly 50 years old. Well, yeah, because I hadn't heard it. I bought I bought this thing 10 years ago when I was in my late 40s. I'd never heard Racing in the Street before. I'd never heard New York City Serenade before. And it, it was just enlightening that I'd missed out on all this brilliant stuff. You know, I'd actually been a little bit disparaging about Bruce in the early 2000s because I knew guys that were right into him. I said, oh, no, it's not, it's not for me. But complete convert, complete convert. Hello, this is Jesse Jackson, and welcome to Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. And I am so excited that I have a friend from across the pond, another timey-wimey episode. It's my morning, his afternoon. Nigel Gray is joining us today. Nigel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jesse. It's great to be here. Thank you. Well, yeah. So tell us a little about yourself. Okay, I'm, I'm a late 50s guy. Uh, I'm just retired three years ago from the finance industry, IT and change. Uh, my, I'm married to my lovely wife, Elaine, and our life is basically golf and tennis and listening to Bruce and other music and watching TV and looking after her 90-year-old parents in, who live about 10 miles away from us. That sounds nice. That sounds yeah. like a good life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm an English guy. Yeah. I born in England, but live in Scotland. And the only analogy I could try, I was trying to do an analogy for you. I, I tried to relate it and compare it to Texas against the USA. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Why did you guys decide to retire in Scotland? Uh, well, I came up to Scotland in 1982. Okay. Uh, for, for university, I grew up in England, uh, and then moved up here and met my Elaine. Elaine Scottish, born and bred in Edinburgh. I've lived here for forty years. So that's home now. It is. It okay. is. Okay. I wish the weather could be better. Yeah. Um, but it is. Uh, what? What? What kind of weather is it? You know, because like Texas, we're just hot. Well, <laughs> you know. We're on one of the rare sunny days when it's uh, 70 degrees in the summer. We don't get many, but today mm-hmm. is one of those. Uh, yeah. I don't know if, you, in terms of geography, if you draw a line and go west from where I am now, you'd end up in Hudson Bay. Okay. All right. That's how far we are. So okay. We get, yeah. a little bit of, we get a little bit of snow in the winter, but not too much because we're on the edge of the continent, a bit like Seattle. Okay. Very nice. Well, good. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I'm so glad you're here and I'm looking forward to catching up. So let's start out with like I normally do the beginning. So you grew up in sure. England. Talk about what kind of music did your family listen to? What, you know, what, what did you hear as a kid? Well, this is an interesting one. So I was adopted. I was an only child and adopted. And my, my birth mother was only 16 years old when she gave me up. So I, I've never met her. But my parents who adopted me, who I call my mom and dad, 
they they were 40 years older than me. So so they were born in the 20s. Okay. So, and and grew up through the war, the Second World War. So right. It was Glenn Miller and Bill Haley that and that kind of stuff that uh, I got from them. So all of the all of my own musical influences that I found for myself, I got through the radio, yeah, which was limited growing up. And then later in high school, uh, I got influence from my friends. Uh, so they were all into stuff like Rush, Meatloaf, Genesis, ACDC, Steve Winwood, all stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, and then I, I sort of liked to go into the softer stuff. I, I was, I like the pop side as well, as okay. well as, as well. So, and then I started make my own choices as I sort of got older, started going to gigs. Buying yeah. CDs. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, um, big band music and, and that, you know, early jazz is beautiful and early rock and roll. That's that's a good, you know, foundation. And then yeah. as you started making, as you said, expanding your musical horizons because of friends and everything. Um, when did Bruce enter the picture? Well, I, I had an early awareness. Okay. I, I have it in my head that I, when I first heard "Growing Up," but which wasn't only till about ten years ago, I thought I know that song, and I think that's uh, I, I remember loving that song about forty years ago, but I didn't know where I knew it from. Um, I obviously had an awareness through the radio of, of "Born to Run" and the singles like "The River," uh, but it was probably "Born in the USA," as I'm sure a lot of people have said to you. That, yeah. that sparked the interest. Uh, although I can't say that that's now one of my favorite albums. I'm sure we'll come on to that later. Yeah, sure. Uh, I also had a girlfriend that was right into Bruce. But I, when I talked to her, bumped into her again recently, I, I found out she, it wasn't the music that she liked. It was Bruce himself that she... Uh, yes, she... she yeah. <laughs> As I had a very early guest say, I liked his tushy. So, yes. Yeah, I think something uh, similar. Yeah. Um, Nigel, can you, can you articulate what about his music spoke to you? Well, I, I, just leading on from that, I bought the six CD box set uh, that was released in the UK around about 2010. And I found I sound, liked the album stuff a lot more than the singles. I'd, I'd heard recently and I, I really yeah. got into the album stuff really got into the album stuff uh, and I, I'd sort of listen to the albums in order because it was the first six or seven albums in this box set and I really loved the stuff that I hadn't heard before uh, not just the the music but also the writing of the songs all, the, all my favourite songs now are, are, the, are the ones that most Bruce fans won't even know Oh, really? Like, give me some examples. Not The non-Bruce fans won't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, Racing in the Street is absolutely the number one song yeah. for me. And I hadn't heard it till I was nearly 50 years old. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I hadn't heard it. You know, I bought I bought this thing 10 years ago when I was in my late 40s. And yeah. I'd never heard Racing in the Street before. I'd never heard New York City Serenade before. And it was just enlightening that I'd missed out on all this brilliant stuff. Mm-hmm. 
I'd actually been a, I'd actually been a little bit disparaging about Bruce in the early 2000s because I knew guys that were right into him. I said, oh, no, it's not, it's not for me. But yeah, I'm a complete convert, complete convert. Yeah, um, you know, I I think that's interesting that uh, I often talk to people and and you know when I when they hear I do a Bruce Springsteen podcast. Uh, a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, Bruce is good. I like him. Or, uh, well, I've never really gotten into Bruce. And uh, I always want to ask, well, have you listed anything besides Born in the USA? Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, nothing's wrong with Born in the USA. I love the CD. I, I, you know, <laughs> it is, it's a gateway CD for a lot of fans. Uh, but there is such a diverse diversity in his music that if you have not you know, listen to that, you, you won't understand the complexity of his music. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I always like to preface this, Nigel, with the amount of times you've seen Bruce perform live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are, uh, because based on circumstances where you live financial, uh, you know, you may have not been able to see him that much, but have you gone to see him? And if so, uh, how many well, times? I have seen Bruce three times. Uh, and I was still, I was still sort of, I liked his music from, you know, from listening to the CDs. My good friend Ian Johnston took me to Hamden Park, Glasgow. in the first gig on the Wrecking Ball tour in 2013. Um, and he came on and the band came on and they played Take Care of Our Own. And in 10 seconds, I was completely hooked on Bruce Springsteen. That That's... was the moment. That was the moment. I was, I was in the stand 100 yards away. He was a speck on the horizon. And there was, there was the screens, obviously, either side of the stage. But I felt he was talking to me. That's, that's awesome. Fantastic. And Fantastic. It, yeah, and it is that that feeling right that um i've often said on the podcast that there's two kinds of people the people go to their first bruce show they'd go wow that was long and then the other <laughs> is like oh my goodness i want to see this man perform anytime i can Absolutely. and yeah Absolutely. and just um i do love i love we take care of our own great song and uh so i can imagine um when you're there at the live show, how, how many songs did you recognize and how much, you know, was it, you know, how did it feel seeing him live? Well, I, I, I recognized probably two thirds the first time. Uh, like he played, does this bus stop at 42nd street? Is that right? Uh, and I, I, I knew I had that song, but I didn't really recognize it. He played, um, he played My City of Ruins, uh, which I'd never heard before because I didn't have The Rising at that time. And that, that felt like a religious experience when he talked to the crowd and then he did My City of Ruins. That was just amazing. Just, I came home and told my wife I'd been at a religious experience. You know, um, just last night, my son and I were just watching TV together and he had pulled up YouTube and there is a um, 
there is a version of City of Ruins done by a husband and wife in a beautiful Catholic church where oh. he's on the grand piano and she's on the uh, violin. And uh, I, I'll tweet it out again. Um, and it, it, in that church, it, it is very much, as you say, a religious experience. It just comes across as almost as a hymn. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But my uh, religion became my religion became Bruce. Yes, that, that, yeah. that's what happened. That's yeah, what talk happened. to me a little bit more about that. Well, I, I, after that, I I was just a complete convert, and then I, I went back to Glasgow again on the River Tour in 2016. At which point, I knew loads. I was ready for it, uh, and it didn't disappoint because that time. We were down on the pitch. Okay. Close to it. And that was even better. I didn't actually get I, I didn't get in the in the inner circle, but being on the pitch and close up was was just fantastic again. I and can imagine. Again, it was one of those rare sunny days in Scotland. And people were just in a great mood. And he came out and he did waiting on a sunny day, and the crowd were just went wild. That's awesome. He just knows his crowd. Yeah, he and, really does, doesn't he? And and just another one on that theme. I'm I'm sure you've seen it, but have you at the Staying Alive video from Brisbane? Yeah. Oh, that that is just phenomenal to me. Yeah. The way the way he crafts that song for that audience in that moment for the home for the home audience, you know, the BG song. Yeah, it is. Just an amazing presentation. Yeah, um, it really is. I, and and I love his version of that song. Um, you know, just you're surprised the first time, you yeah. know, you hear he does that. And then yeah. the E Street Band does such a great version of it. it it's, yeah. yeah, it's something pretty special. I agree. <laughs> and, and so what was your third show? Well, I'm, I'm going to go off a slight tangent here and, and give you a little please. bit of insight about me as well. Yeah, um, please. I love the States. Okay. I, we, Elaine, my wife, and I have visited the States loads since we started going in 1996. Okay. To the extent that I've now visited all the lower 48 states. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, and... My favorite, the place that we've been, we, we have visited all states, but we love a place called Naples in Florida. Okay. Yeah. So when we were in, <clears throat> after we, we both stopped work at the same time in 2018, uh, and we were in, we'd booked a flight to Naples, and we were four weeks in Naples to celebrate our retirement in November, December. And I got the email that said, I've been selected in the third tranche for Broadway. Wow. So I was straight on and got row G tickets for Broadway whilst we were in Naples. Yeah. So what we did, so what we did is we went to Naples for two weeks, flew to New York for three days and back again to go to Broadway and then flew back to Naples for another two weeks. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, but so, so before I get to Broadway, I want to tell you about the journey we had there. 
from Naples. Yeah, please, please do. Because we, <coughs> excuse me, we were uh, watching the Weather Channel. You know, I don't know if you, British guys love the Weather Channel when they go to the States. Why is that? I, I don't know. We don't have it here. And the British are obsessed by the weather. So Okay. We, we, we love the Weather Channel anyway. But, okay. Uh, so there was this big storm coming across America because it was late November, the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, and I thought, oh, I hope it doesn't get to New York by the time all was were there. And yeah. the, forecast, the forecast kept going and going and going. <clears throat> and we realized that it was going to hit Chicago big time the okay. day that we were due, the day before we were due to fly. Okay. I thought, we've got, we've got away with it. We've got away with it. We're going to get to New York. Yeah. Until, until I realized our incoming flight that we were going to get from Fort Myers was incoming from Chicago. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. You guys must be used to rebooking in the States, but we were in a complete panic sitting there in Naples the day before we were due to fly. Sure. To uh, but we managed to rebook, drive over to Fort Lauderdale, fly from Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Change all our plans and get to New York uh, and then get to Broadway. So the fate, the fates were with us. You know, it it is... Um... I just had um, this morning, I recorded an earlier episode with Laura and she told the story about she and her dad had tickets to Broadway and they were flying in the day of, and she kept running into one problem after another. Like they didn't, they didn't recognize her ID and she had to go get somewhere to sign it. And then she, they barely made their flight and their flight got delayed and they ended up having to they ended up missing the show at broadway you know and um, so luckily they were able to get a second set of tickets and she went and saw it but uh she was going you know she kept this next time they went they they flew the day before just in case something bad happened so yeah um i want to go back why what about naples spoke to you guys why do you love that so much it's it's just a, a really laid-back place everything is accessible uh we can walk we we can get good hotels we can walk out to restaurants without one of us driving okay we're, we're both we're both definite non-drink drive okay people. uh we, we like being uh, in a place we you know where the beach is a mile away restaurants are on your doorstep Okay. Uh, the weather's brilliant. It, it just works for us both. You know, I, I had a friend that I worked with who was from Winnipeg, Canada. And yeah. the weather, they had the same issue of they didn't get that many hot summer days, yeah. right? Like, you know, the winters were pretty rough, you know, there in Winnipeg. And then and and so when he visited Dallas, um, he was like everyone else is, you know, it's 98, 100, you know, and we're like, oh, let's get in the air conditioning. He was just loving the heat. He was like, you know, I never get this. This is amazing. Yeah. 
And so I, I, I get that. That's, that's, I, I could see how that would be really nice. Especially yeah. in November, December is just a perfect time to be there for us. Yeah. It's still like about 80. Yeah. Whereas it's like 30 and 40 and dull. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's great. Um, so um, what did you think uh, about, you know, Broadway? Um, I loved it. Yeah. I, I, I really, it was magical again. Yeah. But the, the one thing that I will always remember is when he stepped away from the mic. Yeah. And you could hear him, you could hear it, his voice. He was, there was, there was no, there was no, nothing adding to his voice. He was like 10 yards away from me and he was speaking to me again. Yeah. Uh, and, that was and powerful, music, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's, his arrangements of some of the songs. I loved as well. I actually converted to Born in the USA. Yeah. Uh, that version of it. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. I, you know, I am not a fan of the blues Born in the USA, but in that context with him talking about, you know, going for the draft and, and all that and him saying he wonders who went in his place is a very powerful version of that song and that story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was great in the biography and the, and, and the autobiography as well. Yes. Good telling of it in both of those books. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so let's talk about, you, you mentioned, I, go ahead, please. Can I, can I go back to the end of the Broadway show? I've yes, please. Yeah. Um, my, good friend my tennis tennis partner at the time uh was the editor of our national newspaper uh and i jokingly said to him would you like a review of, oh how of fun Broadway? yeah so he jokingly came back and said give me 400 words so i was sitting in a hotel lobby in naples back in back in naples uh typing it in at the business center uh, and sent it in an email to him and he published it online on the, in our national newspaper website. Oh, you'll have to send me that link. I'll include that it in really the show did. notes. How fun. Did. So yeah. you were kind of joking. He called your bluff and then you ended <laughs> up having to deliver. Yeah. And, and he, his, he put the headline on, which was Spring Scene on Broadway, Worth Every Penny. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that was I his love genius. It. That was his genius. Because you know it wasn't cheap. So, uh, so, but it was absolutely worth every penny. Now, I guess it's a little cheaper flying from Naples to New York than Edinburgh to New York. So you at least saved a little bit on airfare right <laughs> yes yeah, you're yeah. already we there actually used, we actually used the united points because we go over with united all the time there's a direct flight from edinburgh to newark okay that then opens up the rest of the states for us yeah so we, we've flown united a lot so we got the we got that fort lauderdale to newark flight on points which was great yeah so nigel you mentioned loving the states yes. um 
when did you first visit the states and what about what about us did you enjoy so much uh we first visited in 96 uh our first couple of trips was what everybody does when the first comes to go to orlando and that's the second trip was we did orlando and then actually naples for the first time uh and then we on our honeymoon we did we did a trip to the west to San Fran and Vegas and Grand Canyon, all the touristy things. And then we did our honeymoon in the deep south, in the, the Carolinas and Georgia. Uh, but what we, I, I love the atmosphere. I love the people. The people are very friendly. Uh, I love the service culture, that what is provided when you go to a hotel, when you go to a restaurant. It's, it's very different to yes. the UK. I love the scenery of anywhere past the forested east, even the plains, even as you get to the plains west, I love all the wide open scenery. Yeah. And uh, the atmosphere. I love the national parks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife does too. My wife is a big national parks fan and loves the outdoors. Did you, um, when you like travel to the south, do you drive? Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we always drive. We always drive, which was, which was fine everywhere we went. Yeah, we just navigated ourselves around. America is far easier to get around than Britain. It's better laid out. We are a very mobile society, and yeah. um, too much to our public transportation is is not as strong in some cities and areas as others. So, yeah, we have that uh, ability. That's great. Now, when did you go to Texas and what part of Texas did you visit? Uh, well, we we visited friends in Houston who now actually live close to you in Plano. And then on that trip, we went from Houston to Austin and then San Antonio and then all the way across uh, to New Orleans uh, and then Biloxi. And, and and mobile at the time uh, oh that's a nice that's a nice trip because austin and san antonio very different and then getting to see new orleans uh you know because new orleans is a great city and, yes. and then biloxi that's that's oh that sounds like a nice trip and we also did a place called new iberia which, yes which is the was the home of my favorite author james lee burke so I, all of his, all yeah. his work, a lot of his work is set in New Iberia, so we yeah. have to go visit. I love his work. Um, I grew up in um, my my dad was in the army, moved around a lot, but my yeah. my grandparents lived in a little town just north of Lake Charles called Rose Pine, Louisiana, and so yeah. I'm very familiar with Lafayette and New Iberia. Yeah. You know that part of Southwest Louisiana. And uh, I remember picking up the first novel with James Lee Burke, you know, about his his detective. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is set in, you know, Louisiana. It it was really, really good. Yeah. And I I know that Nils is a big fan as well. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm a bit like Rachel that you had on the other week. Yeah. In terms of following Nils and Amy. Yes, Twitter. absolutely. 
Not to the extent that she does. No, she, um, uh, you know, she just tweeted, um, by the way, she's going to join me and talk about her going to Broadway. But, right, yeah. you know, she she was laughing, right, just recently a tweet like, okay, now, are you a bigger Bruce fan or a Neils fan? And explain <laughs> to this and she's like, no, there's no competition. It's I love them both. <laughs> that is great. Um, do you, are there other writers you enjoy? I'm just curious. I, you know, uh, I take it you like mystery novels? I do like mystery novels. And I would say that uh, Michael Connolly is the other great mystery writer that I enjoy reading. Okay. Uh, I also love reading uh, biography, political biography. And for Texas, uh, the four volume work of Lyndon, by, Lyndon B. Johnson uh, by Robert Caro is probably the best thing I've ever read. Wow, that's great. Yeah, um, LBJ is a fascinating character. Um, We were, um, a couple years ago, Lynn and I drove down to Austin and did the LBJ Presidential Museum and was amazed at how much he accomplished in such a short amount of time. Yeah. You know. He he, he, he doesn't come across in the books as a, a, a nice person. No, he is not. But he did great things. Yeah, he did. And 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 really um it a very complex character. Uh yeah. yeah. And but when you think of all that he did, uh you know, was just really very unimpressive, a very impressive man. Uh yes. so yeah, very nice. Um ever read any of Lawrence Block? Who was that? Sorry, a uh, Lawrence Block. I've, I I know the name, but I I can't say I've read any of this stuff. So there is a series of books he wrote. Uh, they're all good. Uh, Matthew Scudder is about a um, a kind of private detective that through the through the series he ends up be, determining he's an alcoholic, and oh, the right. latest books are deal a lot with recovery. And then uh, there is a series of books called Keller, uh, Hitman, Hit and Run, which the main character is a, um, a hitman, someone who kills people for a living. And okay. you're, you were surprised, at least I was, of how you end up liking this character, even though he kills <laughs> people for a living. I mean, you know, it just, it's very good. So I love, I love his books and I, I, I agree with you. I, I, we could talk James Lee Burke all night. Yeah. Yes. That's just, it's just, he's just an amazing writer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also, uh, in terms of true crime, I like the David Simon work. Yes. Uh, you know, the guy that did the wire, but he also did a couple of great books that preceded the wire. Yeah, absolutely. Um, homicide life on the street yeah absolutely um my wife and i um just went through uh we saw all of the sopranos again Uh because the prequels coming out and so we were like okay so we just we binged every season kind of together you know seeing it again to kind of get ready for the bar you know the prequel that's great I, i just watched it for the first time yeah I, I loved it. Yeah, it is just really, you know, uh, you, you know, when someone goes, well, is it really that good? And you're like, it, it really is. It's just really well that done. Um, the, ending, the ending was 
fantastic. Yeah, it, it is just, you know, there we go. So now what, um, let's talk about some of favorite albums and music. Sure. Share, share me a little bit of that. Bruce albums or any albums? Yeah, we can start with Bruce, then we'll go to others. Okay. Oh, my, 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 I, my favorite Bruce albums do vary, but my top three never changes. Okay. So The Wild, The Innocent, and East Street, East Street Shuffle. Darkness on the Edge of Town and Tunnel of Love are my definite top three. Uh, I'd throw in uh, usually Ghost of Tom Joad in Nebraska. Yeah. That's the rest of my top five. Mm-hmm. I love listening. To, I, I, I didn't, hadn't realized it until I gathered my thoughts to talk to you that I love listening to the slow, sad stuff. Okay. Like Racing in the Street, Ghost of Tom Joad, The River. Mm-hmm. As, as, as pieces of music but when I if I go to a concert, a, a gig I, I guess I'm wanting to party yeah, absolutely what did you think of Western Stars and Letter to You? Um, well, here we go Western Stars I love I, I thought was fantastic there, were, there, was, there was, I thought there was one weak track on the album, is it Sloppy Joe's Cafe? Yeah, a lot of people didn't like that uh, yeah. track for some reason wasn't keen on that and i'm going to confess that i've only listened to two tracks off letter to you so far because i'm still playing catch up with all the other albums in the genre i've I've spent the year listening to devils and dust magic human touch and lucky town okay they're they're on a regular rotation because i'm just discovering them for the first time and i'm going to get into camping and a dream working on a dream etc uh after that and then i'll get on to letter to you i like i I was gonna say i like the methodical way you're working (laughs) this right that's it's very (laughs) analytical (laughs) yeah i i love ghosts of letter to you i thought that was fantastic and going back to western stars we the day it was only on release in cinemas in the uk one day Right. So we were there. We were there on that one day. Thought the, the film really added to it. Yeah, it really did. I, I've got um I I don't know when this will happen, but um the 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 couple that own the Southgate Media, the network I'm on for the podcast, are big Wilco fans, but they're not big Springsteen fans. And um and we were talking about how to celebrate the sixth year you know sixth anniversary and um i said well have you guys ever watched western stars the film and uh rob and martha go no we haven't i said well why don't you watch it and then join me as a non-springsteen fan and talk about the film music so i'm looking forward to that i think that'll be a lot of fun Yeah. yeah um so um what are songs that let's hope he's going to tour again uh, <laughs> where and you'll either be in Florida, get to see him, or maybe he'll go to Scotland again. I hope so. Um, what are songs that you would like to hear live that you haven't had a chance to hear live yet? Well, I, I think he, I don't think he'll come to Scotland next year. I think he'll stick in the States next year. Yes. I think there'll hopefully be a world tour in 23. Yeah. Uh, but I might make 
I might make a, a journey over if the restrictions are, are loosened a little bit. We can only hope. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I would love to see New York City Serenade. Okay. And in, in concert. I've never seen that before. Um, and then generally the party songs. Yeah. Um, okay. I'd love to see racing in the street, but I don't know how well that translates live. It's beautiful live. You would not yeah. be disappointed. Yeah, you okay. would not be disappointed at all, Nigel. You would be happy to hear it. I'd, I'd, I'd love him to wheel out Tom Morello and do the heavy version of Ghost of Tom Joad as well. Yeah, so I've been lucky enough to see that a couple of times, and it is a lot of fun. Yeah, I love that. I yeah. Go oh, good. Yeah. Well, very good. Um, so let's talk about what what else should I have asked you that I did? I know well, you, you did, did some notes. You did ask me, but I didn't actually tell you uh, what my other music is. Yes, please. Well, I've got a list of five groups that I listen to a lot. So okay, good. I'm, I'm hoping that you've heard of everybody, but I never you don't know. There's a band from California called Granddaddy. Okay. A uh, bit more mainstream, Steely Dan. Okay. Yes, Dire, absolutely. Dire Straits. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Particularly the early stuff before they went commercial. Mm -hmm. um, other than Bruce, my probably my best ever concert was Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Oh, oh very nice. Who, who were phenomenal. Nick Cave is a, a great performer. Mm -hmm. And there's a guy, an English guy who died in the early 70s called Nick Drake. Okay. Who I would recommend that you listen to. Very low key. Uh, the song called Northern Sky that he did, which is my absolute number one song of all time. And Nick Drake is this. Nick Drake. Okay, I will check that out. I really will. That sounds beautiful. Yeah, it, yeah. it is beautiful music. Really yeah. uplifting. Yeah, that sounds good. Good. Well, um, besides more golf and more tennis, what else do you have planned? What what's what's the what's the rest of the summer and the fall holding for you? We we have a few days in London coming up. Oh, good. Uh, London is a four-hour train journey for us. Okay. Uh, so we can pop down there for a few days. We're not leaving the UK at the moment because of yeah. the, the risk and the restriction. So yes. uh, we're staying in the UK. Unfortunately, everybody in the UK is of the same opinion. So uh, it's very difficult to actually get anywhere at the moment. And it's actually easier to get to London and stay in London than normal because there's nobody moving there to work at the moment. Yeah. Or working uh, during the week. Have you had a chance to get vaccinated yet? Oh yeah, we're double vaccinated. Okay. We're expecting a booster in the in a couple of months. Yeah, that's what um, I'm I'm hearing too. That um, in fact, a couple of my family members already received a, a booster. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, we're fully vaccinated, trying to do our part to get yeah. herd immunity. You know, um, yeah. and so trying to do that. That is great. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to give you a chance to give some final thoughts, but instead I also got to do the Mary question because that's how <laughs> I end every show. Uh, yeah. If you are listening to this podcast because you are a friend of Nigel's, 
you may be asking, what is the Mary question? Well, um, Jay Armstrong, who is an honors English teacher, recently retired in the Philadelphia area, and he would every year have his senior class break down Thunder Road as a poem. He would look at the lyrics, they would discuss the imagery Bruce used, the, the themes of the song, and then at the end of the two days, he asks his class, does Mary get in the car? So Nigel, that's your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Okay, so I, I first listened to your podcast a couple of months ago, Jesse. Okay. Uh, and when you, since you invited me on, I've, I've thought about this a lot. Well, good. <laughs> a lot. Uh, so the things that I've been pondering uh, is, is it actually Bruce or one of his characters that is playing this? Oh, good that question. Is, that is uh, performing, like saying these words. Right. Because, you know, some elsewhere on Born to Run, he's, he's talking about other characters. Yes. Like Jungle Land, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, so that, that's what I've been trying to consider. Uh, okay. I, I, discussed, I discussed it with my wife. Okay. Who is firmly of the opinion that anybody says you ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right, should not be. Uh, yeah. Would not, she would not get in the car with. Uh, so that's sort of tipping it against that. And, and just something came to me yesterday when I thought about it the last time um i'm gonna say no she doesn't get in the car because 10 minutes later he's trying to get wendy to born to run oh okay so i would say she, mary's made a good decision because within three songs he's moved on to wendy i love that mary, that's a good answer mary does not get in the car all right very good um wonderful um i don't know if anybody else says no ever actually it's about 60 40 nigel about 60 percent say yes but about 40 percent say no so it is you are not that far out of the you know thoughts um that is awesome that is so great um any final thoughts anything you want to share nigel i'm going to leave you with a piece of controversy okay um, the first time I heard Born to Run, I, I didn't like it. Okay. Because I, and, uh, this is naivety on my part, uh, because I thought it was a ripoff of Bat Out of Hell. Oh, how funny. Not the album I'm talking about, not the track, but parts right. of the album. It's only latterly that I realized it's the other way around, in my view. Yes. Bat of Hell is a ripoff of Born to Run. Uh-huh. And I think okay. And I say this to a lot of Bruce fans, and they don't tend to agree with me. Okay. I clearly hear Born to Run aspects in Bata Appel, and I think that Jim Steinman made a career out of copying Bruce Springsteen. Interesting. That I, I will have to listen to that album with a fresh set of ears and hear that. That, that is a very interesting. I we'll like that. that. I will. I will. I'll do that a lot. Very nice. Um, Nigel, if someone wants to reach you, how can they? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter. Okay. Uh, Nigel, at Nigel X Gray. Um, 
and on Twitter, I, I follow all the usual guys. Well, well, I think the usual guys, Nils, Amy, all the band. Yeah. Uh, spring, spring Nuts, I don't know if they're a, a big thing over in the States, but I like to follow and see what they're doing. They are a huge thing. Um, I've had Chaz on the show a couple of times, and uh, we keep threatening to get him and Julie on at the same time, you know, just to visit. So, yeah, I, I you know, Howie is amazing and and i love all the spring nuts it is just one day i'm going to get to a one of the serenades where they you know they you know every year they get together and i i want to do that sometime uh, so i'm also on facebook okay i'll, I'll be there somewhere nigel gray and okay I've got a green polo shirt on okay uh, and i'm also on linkedin if anybody's interested in that oh okay but, very much yeah All right. Very good. Well, um, Nigel, this was great. I I appreciate you taking, you know, part of your um, Saturday afternoon and talk to me. Um, This is great. Um, Continue to have wonderful. Enjoy the golf. Enjoy the tennis and, and enjoy listening to Bruce. And uh, if you check out some Lawrence block books, Uh, Let me know. Okay. I will. All right. Listeners, you go get vaccinated, please. It's how we're going to get back to normal. Please stay safe. Wear your mask. Remember to wash your hands. Let's social distance and let's get through this together by good being good to each other, because that's the only way we're going to do it. Nigel, thank you. Listener, thank you. And we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.